0: Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by one of the men of Moses Lake Baptist Church. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, I just want to thank you guys for coming tonight. And, uh, you know, I was really thankful when the church handed out these little devotionals this morning so I could have something to preach. Uh, if you return to... Page number 10, I'm just going to read it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, praying for me while I've been gone at college. Uh, I can't believe how fast it's gone. I'm, I'm going to have to finish up my last semester. I just want to thank Pastor for giving me the opportunity to preach. And I'm just so thankful that we get to gather here freely at Lake Baptist Church and to open God's word and just let it convict us and encourage us. So that being said, I was to o- read the opening verse. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, it says this, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So just a little background of Joshua, um, the children of Israel. It says in the beginning of the book, if you look in verse 1, it says that Moses has died. It was a really tough time for the children of Israel. And what this meant for the children of Israel is that Joshua, it says he's the son of Nun, is that it was, his, it was his turn to uh, come into leadership for the children of Israel. And, and uh, the Lord told Joshua that, you know, he was gonna take the children across the Jordan to give them the land uh, to the Euphrates River and the land of the Hittites and all the way to the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. And the awesome thing about this is that You know, Joshua didn't have to do this alone, and that the Lord told him that he would be with him, and multiple times, the Lord told Joshua that he told him to fear not, and this is just a really good chapter that we could apply to our life. A Christian cannot have true success until they apply the truth of God's word in their life. I just want to read a couple quotes here I have about uh, people who've tried to uh, define what success is, and it says this. I know of no single formula for success. But over the years, I have observed that some attributes of leadership are universal and are often about finding ways of encouraging people to combine their efforts, their talents, their insights, their enthusiasm, their inspiration to work together. That was Queen Elizabeth II. Another another quote says this, would you like me to give you a formula for success? It's quite simple, really. Double your rate of failure. You're thinking of failure as the enemy of success, but it isn't, at, it isn't at all. You can be discouraged by failure or you can learn from it, so go ahead and make mistakes. Make all you can because, remember, that's where you'll find success. And uh, when I read that, I kind of just get confused because uh, if I, you know, some people, a lot of people try to define what success is, and in this passage in Joshua 1:8, it says how to have success. And a cool thing about that word is that it's, it was only found one time in the Bible, and that's in Joshua 1.8. So I just want to pray, uh, pray, and then we'll get into the message. Father, thank you for this time that we have together, Lord, to just gather around your word, to fellowship with the fellow believers, just to be encouraged, Lord. And we love that you came, Lord, to this earth to die for us, and that when we come to the Christmas day, Lord, help us to be mindful, Lord, that you didn't have to, and that we're so thankful for all you do in our life, and we're so thankful for your word, Lord, how it convicts, how it encourages us, and how we can use it in all areas in our life, and I pray that you would just help us to get a grip of that, Lord, to understand how important it is to be in your word. We love you so much, Father, in Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. A lot of the times we, in our life, we, whether it's just work or family or anything, and when we try to do it in our own strength, and uh, we, try to, we try to live success by doing it our way, a lot of the times we become re- uh, really weary. And it says in the Bible, it says, Come unto me ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And we had we had to so much, we had to stop trying to do so many things in our power. And I, I just want you to notice with me from Joshua chapter one, the three-step process that we can take to have true success in life. Uh, step number one is to read God's word. Did you know that God's word changes lives? It says in Hebrews 4:12, for the word of God is quick. And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and to the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And it's so important that if we just grasp this, just this one verse about God's word, how important it is for us to live that. But how true it is that when we come when we find ourselves in a situation where we feel like we're getting back into a corner, and we want to go to this source or that source. But really, all we need to do is to just get our face in the book, and then, we're going to, then we'll realize that our problems are right here, but we're trying to fix them with other things that's not the Bible. And in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now, if Jesus. This is when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and he's he's saying the saying that everyone should not live by bread alone, but live out of the word, out, live out of the live by the words of God. And if Jesus was to re- reiterate that, then how important is it for us in our daily life to apply that? And in this passage, God had given Joshua a lot of responsibility. He was given the role of leadership to lead them to the Promised Land. But one of the awesome things, if you look in Joshua one seventeen, it says this. According as we hearkened unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. And something that's really cool about this verse is that the children of Israel are like, Moses, we were we were behind Moses, Joshua, and we're going to be behind you. And some, of, and some of you were at this church, uh before pastor was here and you were behind that pastor, and now you're behind that, and now you're behind our pastor now. And we should we should apply that in our life where we're mostly Baptist Church and we're fully behind our pastor. And this, that's what the children of Israel are saying to Joshua is that we're with Moses and we'll be with you, and God's also with you. It is very important that we as Christians heed to the word of God. And heed means to to give careful attention to. Just as Joshua did, he was he was preparing to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, and he heeded God's word. You know, what if what if he was just like, oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, God, I don't think I could really take the children of Israel across the promised land, so, you know what? I, I think you should find someone else. No, God, God, tr- Joshua trusted God, and, you know, he wanted to lead the children into the promised land with God's help. And uh, I just want to say, if we... Or as Christians are not heeding to the words of God, we're not giving close. We're not giving careful attention to. It is very dangerous. Be careful when you're talking to someone and they're saying, "Yeah, well, uh, you know, I was I was reading this article or I was listening to this podcast." And you know, a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians do that. They want to get all their. They want to talk about information that they've found outside the Bible. But it, we, we as Christians, should just get back to what thus saith the Lord say. And it's so important that. We as Christians, we don't, we don't try to validate our our reasoning around sources that are not the Bible. And think, about, think back in scripture to someone who did not heed the word of God. If you turn, in, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. If you look at verse number one, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field with the, which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, ye shall, not eat, ye shall not eat every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. God clearly told Eve, and Adam and Eve, that They could have all the fruit in the garden. I mean, who knows how much fruit was in the garden, how much stuff they could have had. But he he said, just this one tree, just this one tree you cannot eat the fruit of, and yet, you know, they didn't take heed to that. And sometimes in our life, we know. We know the scripture, right? And then we get into it, we read it, we just close our Bible, you know, okay, that was pretty good. But what happens when we don't heed to it? we give Satan just a little bit of room. It says in First Thessalonians chapter five, neither give place to the devil. And that place is not just some big space, it's just a little space. And Eve, and she, she gave Satan that little space and she took of the fruit. You know, pastor was saying that the men's breakfast, you no, know, they didn't just fall into that, they stepped into it. They chose to eat the fruit, they had a choice. It's so important that we as Christians heed to the word of God. And then a uh, uh, letter B tonight, God wants you to seek him in his word. Psalm 63, 1 says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And how 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 honest can we be with ourselves tonight and say, No, that's me? Do I thirst? For God, do I seek Him? Does my soul thirst for him? If we want to have success, as I mentioned earlier, we first have to come to the realization that we need to first build a strong foundation in reading our Bible daily. If we want to have success, you know, the, Bible, the, verse, the verse clearly gives what, the, what success is, but we can't get to that point if we're not faithful in the first step. And that first step is so very important. You know, God, God wanted us to have his word preserved in, in this book, and we have, it, we have it in our possession every day. And we get to decide what we want to do with it. And it's, it's so powerful, and it's alive, and it's not just some old book. It's not, just, it's not just some old thing that a bunch of old people wrote. It's, it's for us today. It's for us to use today and to tell others about. And, all, and we just have to seek him and seek his word. We must read God's word and, and seek him as Joshua sought God as he was giving him the instructions that he needed. In Psalm 910, it says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. I love that verse right there. I know God will not forsake me if I just simply seek him. And why is it that when we... We, when we get out, when we get out in our workplace, where we have some kind of trial, that we don't, we stop seeking Him, and the Bible clearly says that if we just seek Him, He will deliver us from our fears. He'll, He will not forsake us. In Psalm thirty-seven four says, "Delight thyself, thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the give thee the desires of thine heart." A lot of the times, especially maybe around the Christmas season, we're like. I I want this and I want that, but if we can just be content, and if we delight ourselves in God, then He will give us the desires of our heart. First Chronicles sixteen eleven says, "Seek the Lord in His strength; seek His face continually." The the Bible has a lot to say about seeking. Either we're seeking the world or we're seeking God. There is no gray area. And the Bible clearly says that in Luke 16 that you cannot serve two masters. For either you will hold to one and you will despise the other. And I'm just saying, to, I'm not going to step on any toes tonight, but I'm just going to preach what the word of God says. And we can't be seeking, we cannot be seeking half, half our life to the Lord and half our life to the world. And it's, it's very important that we choose to seek the right thing because people are watching us and they're going to know, well, he's, you know, he's, he talks about church sometimes and then, you know, or she just does this, but the world, people are watching and our testimony is very important. And I want to say tonight that God's word is trustworthy. Do you trust God's word? Second Timothy 3.16 says, for all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And that word inspiration there is like, it's literally God breathe. You know, God God. This book is alive. It's for us to, It's for. it says right there, for, for reproof, for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You know, if we just realize that this, the, the word of God helps us in all areas of our life. But sometimes we just, we just think, no, oh, I got this. You know, I, I know I've been in church. I've heard sermon after sermon about, you know, trusting God and doing all these things. But that's what the devil wants us to do. He knows, he, knows, he knows the Bible. Satan's, Satan's not, some, not a dummy who doesn't know anything about the word of God. He knows that it changes lives. He knows that it will help you. And that's why he's going to put in your mind every day that I don't need to do this. I don't need to follow it. In Psalm 119, 9, it says, Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By, te- by taking heed thereto according to thy word. And we're going, you know, we're human, right? But that's not an excuse. We're going to mess up. But it says, how should a man cleanse his way? Taking heed. There's that word again, heed. It's not just reading the Bible and that's enough. If I'm reading the word of God, he wants me to heed it. I'm going to pay close attention to what God is saying because this is God's word. And secondly, tonight, the the first step in the process was to just simply read God's word. And if we can't get past that first step, we need to evaluate what's going on. And secondly, meditate God's word. If you would read verse eight with me out loud. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The word of God, God blesses his, the meditation of his word. It says in Psalm 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. In Psalm 1-2 it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. After you build a solid foundation of reading God's word every day, you know, it just doesn't end there. When we come to the word of God, we should be asking ourselves, what's, what's the context? Who's, who's it being written to? Who's the author? What do we need to learn from this passage? Because it's not just a book. It's not just archaic. It's, all scripture is given by inspiration. Every word is inspired. That means we can get something out of it if we just dig into it a little bit. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. That just doesn't come by just reading it off first glance, but we gotta, we gotta dig into it. It is often referred to as how a cow chews on the cud even, even after it has digested the food because the digested food is brought back up so the cow can take advantage of all the nutrients and chew on that food some more. And this is applied to in our spiritual life. When we're, when we're reading the Bible if you read in the morning, whether you read in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, to read whatever you're reading, your Proverbs, Revelation, whatever, think, go, go through the day, bring it back up to remembrance. Because it's so good just to, because God, God's going to give you something in that devotion. And if you just think about it throughout the day, how it encourages you, you can even share it with your coworkers. There's just so much you can do when you meditate the word of God. In this passage it says if you are meditating on God's word that you will be prosperous. Someone that we can learn from in the Bible that meditated on what God spoke to him about was, I was thinking about Noah. You know, God came to Noah and he said, he gave him the dimensions how to build the ark and Noah stayed faithful. I can imagine over all those years when Noah was building the ark and, you know, people mocking him and saying, what do you mean it's going to rain? What do you mean Water's going to fall from the sky? And Noah, all he had to do was just meditate and think about what God said to him. Because what God said to him was sure. What he told him was truth. And a lot of the times we, we as Christians, we like to think about, we like to meditate on things that aren't true. We like to meditate on the lies that saying gives us. We like to meditate on all the wrong things when we should be, when we should be meditating on the scripture. D.O. Moody said it this way. The Lord didn't show Joshua how to use the sword, but he told him how he should meditate on the Lord day and night, and he would have good success. Medi- meditating on God's word is something that we as Christians to look forward to. It's not something that we have to drag about. It's worth getting up early, early maybe just a few minutes, just to read God's word and to meditate on it. And a lot of, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I'm, I'm in college and, you know, I just want to, I got to get to class. I got to get up. I got to get ready. So I just uh, read a quick psalm on my phone and like, all right, amen. You know what? That was pretty good stuff. And then I don't think about it the rest of the day. We've all done it. We, we, got, we got work. We got family things. We got trials in our life and those consume our mind. But the word of, I don't think meditating is just a suggestion. I think God's telling them that, no, you should be doing this. In letter B tonight, God's word is worth meditating. God speaks very highly of his word. For example, in Psalm 138 too, it says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. And I'm just so thankful that, you know, the psalmist put such an emphasis on God's word, on the words of God. And how, how much in our life that we should have a greater emphasis on that. And when we have the complete book, we have it all here. Amen. But sometimes we just don't put it, we just don't think about it as much as we should. In John 17, 17, it says, Sanctify them through thy word, for thy word is truth. Word of God is true. It's all truth. And it says in Titus, Titus 1, 2, that God is not a liar, all this stuff, all this stuff that we read in scripture, it's true, it's worth meditating. It all it, it will all help us, it will provoke us to good works. Someone quoted this, it says, The Hebrew word for meditate means to be intense in the mind. Meditation without reading is wrong and bound to err. Reading without meditation is barren and fruitless. I just want us to think about that for a second. Meditation is very important in our life because a lot of the times we we have our mind clouded with all the wrong things and if we just simply meditate on the scripture that we read how much more it will come to life for us when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness he was he quoted from Deuteronomy he said thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God Jesus knew the scripture he meditated on it and he used it if Jesus needed to use scripture to meditate on scripture, then how much more do we need it? I mean, Jesus was our, the perfect sinless son of God, and we're, we, we, we're just human. We're just us, right? We, we need it. We cannot fight any battle without using God's word. There are four, if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down these four parts of meditation. First is knowledge. That's understanding it. That's reading the scripture. That's Taking it as face value. The second is understanding. You know, if you don't know what a word is, look it up. If you don't know what the context is, look it up. It's okay to look stuff up in the Bible to help you understand more. Personalize it. I love this one. If you read the Bible, put your name there. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save Leo. You read that in the Bible, and you're that's so awesome. By his stripes, Danny, you're healed. He will never leave or forsake you, Alan. For God so loved, Anita, if you just put your name there, how awesome is that? Just when you're reading the Bible, just know that God, He did it for you, and He is your God. It's such a great thing to put your name there. And for the fourth step of meditation is to practice it. What would we do if we just read the Bible and did nothing with it? Would Moses Lake Baptist Church even be here if we were just, Pastor just got up and preached a message and we were like, all right, Pastor, good message. Well, I probably won't use that all week. Just kidding, Pastor. If we're, and even more so, if we're reading our Bible and we're just like, wow, all right, you know. And then we just, we read it every day with the, without the intent of ever using it. How would you tell, how would we fulfill the great commission? It's, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. That's for us to practice. It's not for us just to keep in our heart, but no, we're going to tell others. How are we supposed to tell others about God's, what God did for them if we're not going to practice it? Thirdly, tonight, the third step, the three step, the last step to the process. First, we're able to see to read God's word. Second, was to meditate. And the third point tonight is to apply God's word in your daily life. Verse eight, the last part, it says, "That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then." For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. If you look at that word there, all, God doesn't want you just to apply some of his word. But he wants you to apply all of it. If I didn't want to apply some, Miss Hannah, this is a really nice plant. I think I'm going to take that to my house. You know, but, you know, or you know what, this is a nice iPad. I actually need a new iPad, so I think I'm going to take that. I know that's a silly illustration, but we have God's word. We have the truth. So we should apply all of it because it's for doctrine, for correction, for, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. And letter A, God wants you to obey his word. In John 14, 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. I just want to ask you a question. You don't have to answer, but do you love God? And God says, if you, if you truly love me, then you keep. Then keep my commandments. It's as simple as that. You know, how do I? I can't figure out how to keep God's word in my heart. I can't. I can't figure it out. It just says right there. If you love God, if you love me, keep my commandments. Luke eleven twenty eight. But he said, "Yea, rather, yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it." That's that's in our devotions and the preaching of God's word. If I keep it, hold on to it, use it. But if I just if I just read my Bible and I just hear it, that's not enough. It says in James, be doers of the word, not just hearers. And that's just that's just straight that's straight Bible right there, you know. <laughs> in John fourteen twenty one, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be love of my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. We see a lot of correlation between love and keeping commandments. God is telling us that if we say we love him, then we should be keeping his commandments. And it's such, you don't have to be, you can be joyful and keep his commandments. You don't have to be dreadful and like, oh man, I got to, I got to do this again. <laughs> Lord, you know, I don't feel like it. I just don't really feel like doing this. But keeping God's word in our heart, it's a joyful thing. I hide my, what the psalmist said, I'll hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And obedience, I have a quote here about, it's it's such a key part in submission to anything. We cannot truly submit to God and his word until we act out in genuine obedience. And Spurgeon said this, obedience, which is not voluntary, is disobedience. For the Lord looketh at the heart and he seeth that we serve him from force and not because we love him, he will reject our offering. Man, that's a, that's a convicting call right there. You just think about it. We, when we're in front of people, we know we can put on the, we can put on the cliche Christian act. We all, we all know how to do it. Even when I, even when I was saved just for a few months. This past June, I was for, I've been saved for five years. Even, even just being a new Christian, I knew that. All right, when I come to church, it's time to look nice, smile at everybody, shake their hand, be conversational, talk about spiritual stuff. You know you know how it is. And no, God looks on the heart. We can fool every, anybody except for God. And we forget about that. But I, I hope today that it's our heart that we want to be obedient to God because we love him, not because we want to please man. And we're not here, we're not here to worship someone else or worship the pastor, but we're here to worship God. And let it be, God wants you to have biblical success. Why would you have success in here if he didn't want you to have it? This is straight from the end of the verse in chapter one, and verse eight. God, God tells Joshua that if he observed to do according to what is written, that he will be prosperous and have good success. God does not leave you wondering as a Christian how you can have success. It's just pretty simple. Read God's word, meditate on it, and apply it. But some, for some reason, we make it so much more difficult than it needs to be. I'm speaking, from, I'm speaking personally here. I can, I can go through Bible college and there's been times where I want to do it on my own and I want to, I mean, you know, I can handle it. But that's, when the, that's the times when I feel the most defeated. I mean, when you're in God's word and you're living it and you're applying it, that's when you have the most joy because you're, you're loving God and you're keeping his commandments. Once someone can get a hold of these three steps, then they can have the opportunity to, witness great miracles of God, such as when the children of Israel crossed the Jordan. You know what very interesting about the crossing of Jordan was they had to have their feet in the water. They had to have their feet in the water before the water was parted. And how, what does that mean for us? Well, if I take a step of faith, just like the children of Israel in the water, then who knows? Only God knows what he has for you. But you got to be willing to take that step. It doesn't have to be a scary step. You trust, the, you trust the Lord and he'll direct your steps. Knowing the scripture is not simply enough for a Christian. It becomes real when we meditate and apply it. If you turn with me real quick, if you would, to Matthew chapter 4. It says in verse, Oh, it's in here. And he saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. Verse number six. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And if you look at me in Psalm 91, verse 11, if you turn there real quick. Psalm ninety-one, eleven says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all, in all thy ways. And the reason I had you turn there so you could see it is that Satan was in the wilderness with Jesus and he's, he's like, you know what Satan's thinking? He's like, I know I can, I think I can get Jesus to do what I want. I'll even use the Bible. I mean, Satan quoted from the Old Testament. We just gotta realize that Satan knows the Bible. It's just not, a, see, if we just, if only, if only we just realize this, right? I'm trying to, Satan Quoted scripture. And we can, quote, we can quote it as well. But the difference between us and Satan is that we're going to use it the right way. We're going to meditate it and use it. We're going to apply it. But Satan didn't use it for that. Satan knows God's word. Just think about that. He has way more knowledge than I think any of us any. Yet he uses it for the wrong reasons, and he obviously doesn't apply it to his life. What be, what better are we if we have God's truth in our life and we're not giving it to others? Man, what if the Christmas story is wonderful? But why why did we have that that production on Sunday night? What if we didn't go? What if we didn't invite anybody? Oh, church family, everyone show up, but don't invite anybody because. Why would they want to hear it? I know you laugh at that, but and like I said earlier, the Great Commission, the good news that Jesus Christ came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. And he was mocked and scorned. And he died on the cross. And he rose again the third day. That's a that's a wonderful news right there. But let us not get weird. Let us not get over that. If we're getting to this Christmas, the Christmas season, let let us know. Let us think about why we're here. God loved us so much. It says in Revelation that He loved us first, and we should love Him. If you just realize how much God loves you. He carried that rugged cross down that down that path to Galgotha. And he was getting whipped, beaten, spat on. Just so maybe some people would, would accept him as Savior. And I'm so thankful that I had a church and a church family that were, that obeyed the Great Commission. And I had a family member that Obeyed and applied the scripture to his life so that he could tell my family about what Jesus did for him and that he could do the same for me. And I want to tell you just a little bit about my personal story. My Uncle Isaac, two two young men, Jonathan and Samuel, for people who've been here, knocked on his door, asked him about the church, or uh, told him about the church as a witness to him, you don't, don't get over how effective coming to going to someone's door is. Hey, I'm Carlos. I'm from Wesley Baptist Church. Just want to tell you some good news. Then he gets saved, and then he witnesses to my mom, and then my cousin, and then me. And of, of course, I didn't get saved the very first time, but just that. And then my cousins. Alex and Anthony got saved their mom got saved that's just what happens when you one person one person obeyed the scripture and applied it to their life and look how much God can do with a Christian who just steps out by faith and tells others what they learned from the word and don't ever, think, don't ever doubt that God can't use you think of Saul he killed he killed hundreds of thousands of christians he hated them he wanted to kill all of them he had, he didn't he want nothing to do with them and then on the road to damascus he got he was converted he was converted and he was one of the greatest preachers witness and witnesses for christ that ever lived and you he's the, he says he says in the, he says in corinthians i think or the new testament that he was the he's the chief of sinners I mean, we're talking about Paul here. He was beaten, stoned, seen seen many people come to the Lord. And I'm not saying that we haven't done, that people in here haven't done bad things. If you just compare yourself to Paul, I don't think you, I don't know if you were a king and you commanded people to kill thousands of Christians. If you are, let's talk afterwards. (laughs) But I'm I'm just trying to get, I'm just trying to help you think about these things to provoke you to understand that we, a lot of the times we like to make excuses. We like to make excuses for the things that we should be doing. And then we don't, we don't come up with reasons on why we should be doing these things. I don't want to read my Bible. It's too early. I don't want to tell people about Jesus. I don't want to do this or that. Well, when that happens, just think about Jesus Hot, hot day. I mean, he's carrying this big old cross on his back. I mean, he's so weak that he can't even he can't even make it there on his own. He had to have someone come out there and help him. Every every lash of the cat of nine-tails ripping out a piece of his flesh. People, his own people, the Jews. Crucify him, crucify him. For what? He didn't do anything. He all all he did was claim to be the Son of God. And yet people wanted him dead for that. And they had they had someone else on trial who was a who was a criminal. And they let him go. And I know that it was prophesied for Jesus to die on the cross, but if you just think about it, it's personal. I mean, he was beaten. He was tortured. For you, Brian, for you, Pastor, for you, Brother Craig, Robert, everybody. I mean, just think about it. Hit on the back, pulled his beard, stabbed him with a spear. You know the awesome thing about it? Is that he did it willingly. Jesus Christ didn't just he wasn't on the cross complaining or groaning. No, he, he took up his cross and he, uh, he laid down his life. It says in Philippians 2 that he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And it, says, and it says in that chapter, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that be not conformed to this world, but be renewed by the, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's, it's not so hard for us to be... To, be like Jesus. Obviously, we're not God. But if we apply the scripture and we do the things that we need to do, we can, our goal is to become more Christ-like. and we To present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. We should be willing to give our life to the Lord. I mean, he paid the ultimate sacrifice for you and I. That sacrifice, never stop, never stop loving it. Never stop loving the crucifixion. Man, if you just think about, it's such a convicting thing to think about. The Lord did all that for me. And you just reflect, and you reflect on how you've been doing lately. It'll provoke you to do better. It'll make you, it'll make you wanna go the extra mile. It'll make you wanna keep witnessing when, you, when, when people are shutting the door in your face. It'll wanna keep you in church, when you just feel like the sermons aren't working, they don't wanna, it's, it want to it want to it want to keep you doing the things that you should be doing. It's a great motivator. But at the end of the day, you you get you get the choice. You make the choice if you want to be like Christ or be like the world, and there's no in between. There is no in between. You can't be a little like Jesus and a little like the world. If you're if you're if you love the world you're amity you're enmity with God, and that's what I just want to tell you. From experience, that don't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work, and we all know that. But we get into we get in a little rut. One thing one bad things hap- one bad thing happens to us, and we just we get away from the scripture. How important is the scripture in your life? you would just leave it on the shelf and forget about it. You know, if you just read the Bible and didn't do anything with it, it's just like if you left it on the shelf. Just because you're opening the Bible, it doesn't mean that you're right with the Lord. You can read the scripture in vain, vain, but you gotta make sure that when you read the Bible, you have the right heart the right attitude, and even on those days when it feels like it's the hardest, just getting the word. Moses Lake Baptist Church should be known as people who love the word of God and who want to read the word of God, who want to study it, who want to tell others about it. We got to remember that we're not the only church in Moses Lake. We're not. And there's, there's a lot of churches fighting for people's attention But the best thing that we can get people's attention with is God's word. That's why we we have a pastor who preaches from the word of God. We have Sunday school classes that teach from the word of God. We teach the kids the word of God. Why? Because that is the foundation in their life. This is why it's so important that we know. There are people that aren't Christian that know the word of God. pastor was telling a story about a lady who was in many churches. Catholic, Mormon, Whatever. And she knew the Bible. But she just didn't understand it. She didn't apply it to our heart. And we we know spiritual things. We we heard them in church. People who've grown up in church their whole life. Well, knowing knowing the spiritual things, and just because you have some head knowledge of God is not gonna make the difference. God knows the Christian who's in it for the right reason. And if we're, if we're reading our Bible and we're not doing the things that we ought to be doing, Satan knows that. And we're just gonna get knocked flat off our feet because Satan knows. Uh, you, that, that Christian, that, that guy who claims to be Christian of yours, he's not doing it for the right reason. He's just doing to impress someone else. He's doing it for this or that. And Satan's gonna take advantage of that It's so, I'm serious when I said that. Neither give place to the devil. It's such a serious verse. I saw this little, I saw part of this hymn. I don't know the title of it, but I like the words it said. I love the Bible, the word of God. It is the word God has given to man, telling who God is and all that he's done. How much he loved me, he sent his son. I'm just so thankful that God cared about us so much that we get to have his complete, perfect word. And I just, and I hope, I just pray that when we're, when, when, when we're out of it, we're not doing what we should with it, that the Lord would convict us. And conviction's a great thing because it helps us to realize that I can be over here, but I'm not. And throughout this sermon, we were able to realize three easy steps, three simple steps, to success. And I hope that everyone in here tonight wants to obtain true success. And the first step we were able to see is to simply read God's word. I think we could talk about that all night. Go around the room, giving testimonies of how great God's word has been in their life. Giving testimony of how it's worked in their life, how they've seen it worked in their family's life. We need to understand how important it is to read God's word every day with the right heart, with the right mindset of God, what do you want? What do you want to give me today? Second step we were able to see is to meditate on God's word because it helps us to develop a deeper understanding and how important that is to just bring it back up a few times a day. This takes a few seconds to meditate on what you read, and yet we put it off, put it off, put it off. The third step is we are to see that it's applying the truth that you receive from God's word. We have a personal choice to make. It's not anyone else's choice. It's not, it's not for me, it's not Pastor's choice for me. It's not my mom. It's not my dad. It's not my grandparents. But it's Carlos's choice. Will we just hear God's word and do nothing with it or will we apply it how God wants us to apply it. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.